1: Welcome to my 348th ever show of all-around sports, each Monday at noon Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was Rory McElroy winning the players championship yesterday on St. Patrick's day, which I'm sure enhanced the holiday evening over there for all of our listeners from the Emerald isle. And Rory has been golfing fabulously, maybe better than anybody all season. Uh, Been in the top six, the past four or five tournaments And yesterday, for the first time this year, he closed the deal. And for the first time in about a year, uh, winning the players just elevates him yet another notch. He has won three majors uh, and PGA, British Open, and U.S. Open. So all that's hanging out there, especially after this Players' Championship, is uh, the Masters, which is just uh, a mere few weeks away, hard to believe. But it was just a fabulous tournament. The famed 17th hole, the Island Hole, at players delivered all the drama you could ask for, starting with Tiger's quadruple bogey on Friday, where he plunked two in the water. First LST shot, second from the drop zone, Uh, first ever quad for Tiger uh, at that hole, and that got it going. In the same light, there was also holes in ones, and uh, so just a fabulous tournament. The weather was terrific the first couple days, and certainly passable the last couple days. Uh, A little overcast, but... Huge crowds, and they uh, they call it the, the fifth major for a reason, because it really looks and feels so much like a major. And great names yesterday. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who led the tournament for the first couple days, uh, eagled 16 to draw within two strokes of Rory. and uh, And then he... Got bit by the 17th hole when he plunked it in the water. He had to go for the pin, which was placed on the edge of the green near the water, and plunked it right in the water. And that was that. Uh, given how he we, well he we had played all week, coming off an eagle on 16, down two strokes. Uh, you thought he had a shot to you know both you know birdie. Each each of the last two holes and perhaps uh, catch Rory, but not to be. And uh, the other amazing finish, hats off to him, was the nearby resident to Sawgrass where the tournament was played up in Pontevedra near Jacksonville was Jim Furyk, upper upper 40s. He would have become their oldest ever winner uh and he was one shot behind and just really put on quite a display and it was just uh just magical to see and uh but Rory to his credit uh got the lead and kept it did not falter coming down the finishing holes and uh and again now we're looking at some very special stuff from him uh, before the age of 30, I believe he turns 30 just in about a month and a half, May, early May, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and boy, if he gets that Masters, uh, then he's in rarefied air uh, if he has the career grand slam before the age of 30, uh, to put it mildly. So, um, this week they're moving down the road to... Tampa to play the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook Resort and Spa, the famed Copperhead course. I will be there covering it. Really looking forward to having my shot at uh, being down there for the Florida swing. And it should be terrific. Uh, the likes of Dustin Johnson, defending champion Paul Casey, and a great field uh, will all be there. I had the good fortune of playing the Copperhead course this past December and wrote an article on my experience, which is at at newengland.golf, and uh, it's going to be great. It's a fabulous course. It's a spectacular resort, Uh, just uh, bumping up practically against the Gulf of Mexico, not like it has water holes, but uh, let's just say you can smell the sea air from there, that's for sure. And just a hop, skip, and a jump from Tampa, uh, they will have great crowds, no doubt, like they did last year, and every year for that matter, and cannot wait to get down there. And it's going to be a great championship at the Valspar. Well, my bizarre story of the week is March Madness getting underway with three Of the top four seeds being from the ACC, which now puts them back as the unquestioned creme de la creme of college basketball, Uh, a position (laughs) they've held uh, for for most of my lifetime, it seems. Uh, But to have Duke overall number one seed and then North Carolina and Virginia also getting number one seeds along with Gonzaga. Uh, is really an unbelievable accomplishment. And uh, they had a great tournament over the weekend, the return of Zion Williamson, the legend of Zion grows. He was the MVP coming off missing five or so games leading up to that uh, with the now famous foot injury, knee sprain resulting from the exploding sneaker in the first Duke North Carolina game a few weeks back seems like a lifetime ago, and uh, at Cameron, and then North Carolina beat them again without Zion in the regular season, but with Zion, uh, they turned the tables. Did beat North Carolina on Friday night, and uh, another great game. Those two just uh, when those two teams meet, it's just. As Jay Billis likes to say on ESPN, it always delivers. Every time, it seems. It's just remarkable. and uh, But yes, uh, Zion is just uh, the shining star of sports today. Every, his, his every move is just uh, watched its news. And now he is uh, healthy after his MVP performance. Scored the most points ever in an ACC tournament. Uh, uh, only a freshman. And uh, he just put on a show. And now he's ready for the tournament. Full bore. Again, they're the overall number one seed. So it is sure to be a uh, great, great theater with him and his... Uh, surrounded by his fellow freshman superstars. And... Uh, going to be fun uh, to see how Duke handles everything. It's the NCAAs, anything is possible as we all know. And uh, so going to be fun. Gets going tomorrow night with uh, the play-in games, also Wednesday night and then uh, Thursday and Friday, two of the best days in sports where you have 16 games each day, all the switching around. There's just really nothing, nothing like these two days in sports, so it is going to be terrific, and my low light of the week is the uh, piling on against Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, of the quarterback of the Steelers, all happening uh, in the wake of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, both departing from the Steelers, uh, hard to believe they're no longer Steelers, and I guess what I would say is simply that, unlike those two, A.B. and Le'Veon Bell... Ben has two Super Bowl victories, and uh, and it's amazing to see. There was a former teammate said that he fumbled on purpose because he didn't like Todd Haley, former offensive coordinator, didn't like his call, and uh, you know who knows, uh, and. Uh, just continued drama in Steeler land. It's just uh, been going on now for up to two years after basically uh, having practically zero drama or the least drama of just about any team in sports for the previous, uh, oh, 48 or so years, ever since Chuck Noll arrived in 1969. So uh, crazy situation there. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
4: Hey, I'm doing great, John. I'm here in the Music City of Nashville, having covered the SEC Basketball Championship.
1: Yes, and it was great to watch. You had some real uh, uh, blue bloods up there. Of course, Kentucky being the, uh, one of the all-time blue bloods, but Tennessee, Auburn, um, uh, a lot of them are heading to the show. Onto the tournament. So, how was it in Nashville? It just looked uh, looked fabulous.
4: Yeah, they have seven teams entering the the NCAA basketball tournament: uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida. I think I have them all, but. Uh, I w- was looking for a dark horse on the one side because LSU was a team with a cloud because their coaches has been suspended indefinitely. And then one of the players was suspended, but he ended up playing. So I wasn't sure how they were going to compete, and sure enough Florida upset them. And then Auburn it was my dark cor- horse pick on that side because of they had been playing so well at the end of the season and they have the three-point shot uh, they're the tops in the league. And they had, I think, 11 a game, and Uh, They're ferocious on defense. They pressure you so much. And sure enough, Auburn came up on that side and beat Florida on their way to playing Tennessee. And, of course, there was a big crowd for Tennessee who upset Kentucky on Saturday in the semifinal game on that side of the bracket. And I think they probably thought they'd won the tournament, but Auburn had other plans in mind. And they came out firing that three-pointer, even though they lost their point guard early. With two fouls, Jared Harper, terrific point guard, really impressive. He's he is so fast on the court, John. He could beat everybody down the court, John, with the dribble, and everybody's trying to run. Wow, is that right? That, that, that that's rare. Not many people can do yeah. that.
1: So, uh, boy, yeah. no, that is serious speed because it's again something you don't see very often.
4: No, no, but but Auburn is a team I'm really I really like because they shoot the three pointer. They aggressively drive to the basket, and after they make the penetration, they pitch out for the shot. They're very unselfish. Uh, they had the return of Austin Wiley, six foot ten player. He's been injured most of the season, and he finally came back and won one of the games. He got back and immediately dunked the ball and made a block on the defensive end. So he inspired his teammates, and if they could have him for just a little bit of health for the tournament. And this three-point shooting continues with the tremendous effort on defense. They had 14 steals, John, to give you an indication against Tennessee, 14-2. to That's a lot of possessions uh, you take it away from the other team. They, and they made Tennessee miss eight or ten shots in a row, eight or ten possessions, let's say. And they, they're just, uh, I like their effort. It's always 100% uh, every game. Yes,
1: I mean, that is serious defense. Um, and, you know, with Bruce Pearl as their coach, uh, you know, they could make some noise in the tournament.
4: Yeah, yeah, they have a good matchup against New Mexico State. Uh, Bruce didn't know much about that team. He was familiar with the coach, of course, but not the team. But uh, then if they're able to defeat New Mexico State, they match up against the winner of Kansas and of all teams, Northeastern. And as you know, Bruce Pearl's from Boston. He right. went to Boston College, so so it'd be big for the Auburn program if they can match up with, let's say, Kansas and win that game. It'd bring a lot of publicity to them and uh, help that program. But this is the first time that they've won the SEC basketball tournament since 1985. Oh, my gosh.
1: That's amazing. That wasn't uh, Charles Barkley, was it?
4: The year after, John, and I think they beat Alabama that came, matter of fact. Yeah, I think they beat Alabama that came, matter of fact.
1: Okay, all right. Wow. Well, that'll be good stuff. It'll be interesting, I'm sure. Charles, speaking of Charles, will be watching his alma mater closely. And uh, so, what was it like in Nashville uh, with all the fans from the various SEC schools and towns? Uh, It must have just been fabulous.
4: Yeah, you know it's always a blue-green effect at, at uh, SEC men's basketball tournament, the jerseys of Kentucky, and the money that they bring being the green. And it was St. Patrick's <laughs> Day on Sunday. But the, but the Kentucky like fans, you know, they yeah they they bought up all the tickets pretty much, but then they left town, and all it was Tennessee orange yesterday, a little bit of Auburn orange as well. But it was that, that blue-green effect, as always.
1: I like it. I hadn't heard that term before, and... Uh... Yeah, yeah, um, and not it's not like they had to drive very far to get home, the Kentucky fans. Uh <laughs> no. but, you know, Tennessee, you know, they again they've been ranked number 1 recently. And you know, it's it's not a shocker, but it's a surprise. Uh I think any time, you know, you beat Kentucky, especially if you're knocking them out of any tournament, uh yeah, it gets people's attention to say the least, but in the same light, uh you know Kentucky's going to be there in the tournament as well, um, as they always are, and every year it seems with a brand new cast of fabulous freshmen, which is exactly what they are again this year. So uh, Kentucky still has yet to be uh, uh, slain, shall we say? And uh, we'll see how that all turns out. But it's going to be fun. But the SEC, wow! So seven teams going from the SEC—is that their most ever?
4: Um, it's probably or near close. that, John. Yeah, it's probably yeah, near nice that close Yeah, I didn't look at right. that number. Hey, John, you know, one of the teams that I really liked and they ended up winning was LSU. I mean, they had 48 points in the paint, and they lost the game, which is incredible. Florida upset them, but, but uh, you know, Kentucky is, Kentucky's long. They make some mistakes at times, and then Tennessee, I was very uh, impressed with the Volunteers' Strong at the point guard position, Jared Bone. Um, And uh, Grant Williams is tough inside and out. And Admiral Schofield, uh, he scored from the outside as well against Kentucky. And they were down by eight or so with two minutes plus and came back to win that game. It's quite exciting. And all the Tennessee fans, you know, they they bought up some of the tickets. uh, And it was, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee back and forth. And, uh, the dynamics of that game, you know, that's a big rivalry in and of itself. The bordering states and, you know, people, maybe they don't know this, but, you know, Kentucky built that arena up arena like 23-5 while well, Tennessee built the arena and year, made it to 24,000 just so it could be bigger than Kentucky's.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that, that's the SEC for you. And, <laughs> right. yeah, these right, these tournaments are always fascinating, including the regionals themselves, as in the NCAA, especially this weekend. Uh, But really, every weekend, I've been to uh, a number of them in various cities. And uh, the way the whole ticket market works, AP, with, you know, teams lose and then they're selling tickets and, you know, uh, it's just like a moving target uh, every couple of hours, shall we say, and, you know, (laughs) everything from hotel rooms to whatever to tickets and, you know, they're a tough ticket to get. But suddenly they become readily available, immediately following a team being ousted. Uh, it's a fascinating dynamic. They had it last year right up here in Boston when, you know, West Virginia, Texas Tech, those teams are up here. And um, it's a fascinating study when you know, a team loses in a tournament, whether it's a conference tournament or an NCAA regional. And suddenly, uh, you know, the ticket market gets flooded. If only for an hour or so, so. I'm sure you were seeing a lot of that, right?
4: Yes, yeah. You have to have your billfold handy and <laughs> your, exactly. uh, make, make those negotiation deals work in your favor, especially yeah, when the Kentucky only. fans are mad that they lost, you know, and you've got to get them when they're exiting the door. Yeah, exactly. Cash, uh, right, that's very true. You, you said it
1: perfectly there. Uh, sometimes uh, the window's not an hour, it's, it's, it's a minute. And if you, you have to be there and again, you know, people get it. They're out as many people are there thinking of selling, there's as many people waiting out the door, outside the door, thinking of buying. So uh it's fun. It's fun. So uh Nashville, I'm sure, was just a terrific host
4: city, correct? That goes without saying? Yes. Yeah, downtown, the arenas. Right downtown and Broadway, all the establishments were in full force and the music was everywhere. And They keep the windows open so you, when you're walking by, you can just get a taste. Wow. So you're just walking by
1: and every 20 feet or whatever, 20, 30, 40, 50 feet, you, you get new music coming back, coming out of the open windows from the next bar, right?
4: That's it. Yeah, it's wide open. You can hear it. And it's interesting. You can take your you know make your selection based on what you're hearing right yeah i mean
1: nashville's a good city anytime but you throw in something like especially shall we say the sec tournament and uh now you've got something special again coming people coming from how many cities ap 8
4: 10 12 for the tournament oh you mean as far as uh, oh Number yeah teams. there's 14 teams in that Four, uh, 14. 14 teams in the sec so, yeah, there was contingent from every school. Wow. Uh, Missouri, Missouri, you know, Texas A&M, and Florida on that side, South Carolina. I'm sure it goes from, you know, it spreads from Texas to South Carolina and Missouri down to Florida.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, still so, yeah, Missouri, that's interesting. Um, now that you mention it, Uh well, it just sounds like it was fabulous, and you know I know the big ten I believe got eight teams in and s e c with seven teams in i think uh you know that's that's just a really uh a testament to the quality of s e c basketball and how far it's come in like spreading it around i mean again, Kentucky's always been the standard bearer a lot of the teams have quite the history florida l s u um but, you know, a lot of other teams, just like you said, Auburn and Tennessee, case in point, uh, you know, the, 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 there has been a spreading of the wealth in basketball in the SEC, no doubt about it, like in every conference.
4: Yes, yes, and it's really wide open, John, moving forward, who's ever going to compete with Kentucky? I mean, Tennessee had a great ball club this year, and LSU, you know, that that's suspect right now because of the coaching situation but it's it's really available for any program that wants to move forward and compete with Kentucky and right you know and they can really it, it, with Kentucky you know they have so many young players all the time if somebody gets in the right position you could overtake Kentucky really correct exactly it's
1: Kentucky's on a year-to-year program now and you know uh, so far so good it's been going on for Five, six, seven years it seems, and uh coach cal all credit to him, has done a great job managing it with fabulous freshman class every year that typically makes the tournament and also makes some noise and even wins it and uh but yeah it it, it it's always fragile, shall we say, when you go year to year yeah,
4: to say yeah, the least. yeah. and you, when you look at- yeah when you look at Kentucky, John, you know what he he's won it once at Kentucky coach calipari i think right with anthony davis right right so he won at one time and he he, he has all these young players and you get to that tournament and things get tight at the end sometimes they make some mistakes and they don't win it even though they have they're talented but do they have the leadership to uh, compete till the end so far it's only been one time but all those 30 win seasons. I mean, I don't, I don't exactly. know if you're going to see them have a, a dynasty. T- yeah, they're a dynasty getting to the Final Fours and those kind of things. But winning the championship? I don't know. Right.
1: Right. Again, fragile. You know, you're year to year. And let's just say it's not a slam dunk every year. Uh, it has been so far, but who knows going forward. And AP, speaking of going forward, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment together. So why don't we take our break? And uh, we'll talk a little bracketology after the break, so don't go anywhere.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new
3: kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is Health from an Environmental Perspective your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
2: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stutham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And AP, in the previous segment, we talked about you covering in person the SEC tournament down in Nashville. You're still there. And uh, great tournament it was with seven, repeat, seven SEC teams going to the big dance, NCAA tournament. Uh, so why don't we take a little time, AP, now and talk about uh, the tournament itself, the selection Committee made their announcement last night, as always, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And Duke is the overall number one seed. But what's notable, AP, is that three of the four number one seeds are from the ACC. And, of course, in addition to Duke, there's North Carolina and Virginia with Gonzaga rounding it out. So that's pretty amazing, AP. You don't see that very often. Three teams from one conference. All being number one seeds, that's a rarity.
4: Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange, but I guess we'll leave it at that. I mean, it just—I mean, I can't—I can't see three teams in one conference being the number one seed. Did that happen before, John? Is that something that's happened? I don't remember. I don't recall. I <laughs> not really don't that I'm sure
1: of. Been the, been the case. Um, not that I'm sure of. I know, you know, I'm, I'm just—I just don't know that answer. Uh, There's so many, like, uh, statistics associated with it and so little time to digest it all. But it's quite an accomplishment, to say the least, uh, you know, for that conference who, again, you know, is uh, for most of our lifetime been regarded as, you know, the top basketball conference. That's their calling card, Uh, no different than the SEC in football. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's an attention getter when – Three of them are the number one seeds. But, you know, the number two seeds are, uh, you know, um, Michigan State in Duke's region. Michigan, that's interesting, in Gonzaga's region. um, Tennessee, team you just watched the last few days, in the Virginia region. And Kentucky,
4: another team you watched.
1: So that's pretty good, AP. Two SEC teams is number yes. two
4: seeds, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. They were they're excellent basketball teams. John, the region that I was looking at because I, Auburn was headed that way was the Midwest. I call that the blue blood region. You have North Carolina and you have Kentucky and then you have Kansas. There
1: you go. It doesn't get any more that's- blue than blue blood than that, that's for sure.
4: Yeah, blue yeah, the, the blue blood and the blue colors, I mean, so, and Auburn's blue as well, but that's, that's quite a region.
1: Correct, and then you throw in, for good measure, Ohio State, which has their own uh, impressive mm-hmm. basketball history, going back to uh, Jerry Lucas, John Havlicek, and, oh, by the way, uh, uh, a reserve point guard named Bob Knight. So, uh,
2: <laughs> Ohio yes. State
1: is yes. also in that region, so, appropriately so they belong in the midwest region so
4: yeah yeah, yeah absolutely you're right blue so, blood i that, like it yeah yeah that that's quite a, a get together they're going to have in in the midwest uh then you have a team like Houston that's a wild card team you don't know what they're going to do in this tournament with Kelvin Sampson they well, they had a good a great season
1: oh exactly right ap uh they had a great season and Uh, A conference you and I know so well, the American Athletic Conference, based right up here in nearby Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, yeah, Houston has been, you know, really uh, their top team all year. And uh, yeah, they're they're very capable of making some noise. And speaking of a team with, uh, you know, just a terrific basketball history... Houston, of course, would be that team from uh, Elvin Hayes to Akeem Olajuwon to to this team, and uh, yes. So yeah, that, that they're a team that bears watching, and again, you and I have both uh, covered the AAC, so it's good to see. Uh, you know, maybe they can make a, loo- a little bit of noise like uh, UCF has done in football the last couple of years. Sh- shake it up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. That would be quite interesting to see Houston come back to life in this tournament. Hey, John, I was just looking at the, one of the other brackets. Did I see this correctly? Louisville, Minnesota. Louisville versus Minnesota, correct? In the East region. And in the Eastern know, region, the yes. Pat- yeah, the younger Patino is going against Louisville. And. Is Rick Pitino? Is he coaching basketball in Greece somewhere?
1: Yes, I believe he is. Uh, certainly overseas. I'm not. I'm quite sure it's Greece, actually. Um, yes, yeah, and his son yeah, Richard.
4: To, yes, he he might take the Concord back to be there on the sideline for that basketball game.
1: Yes, that one would be of great interest to him. His son Richard Pitino is the coach of Minnesota. Correct.
4: <laughs> yes.
1: Coaching against his former, his former team, Louisville, yes, of course. Um, that would be well, Rick Pitino, uh basketball junkie. There, you know, he he couldn't stay out of it at all. Uh, no reason he should. You know, if he can get a job in Greece, then go coach in Greece or wherever it is over there. Um, yes, yes, yeah. So that you know, not a surprise whatsoever that he would end up. Uh, over there, uh, end up still coaching. Because if ever it's been in someone's blood, it is certainly in his blood. Um, you know, just back to Houston, by the way, uh, they're, they're an impressive number three seed back in the region that you originally mentioned, AP, uh, the Blue Blood region, Midwest, with, uh, yeah. of course, Kentucky and North Carolina and Auburn. So, yeah. Throw in Ohio State, throw in Houston, and it gets even more. The blood gets even a little
4: bluer. It sure does. And there's Ohio State, um, you know, that had a good history in the tournament. Also, how about the Iowa State team, John, upsetting Kansas for the Big 12 championship? Correct.
1: Yeah, Kansas, who's a number four seed, uh, in this case deserves a number four seed. They, they've had, it, it, for them, a very uneven year. I uh, just, yeah. they're just so good every single year. And again, they're sitting at a number four um, and they're in that same Midwest region, like you said, blue blood region. And, uh, you know, we all know that they are extremely capable of uh, making serious noise uh, and even getting to the final right. four if they just uh, get consistent, which they really have not been throughout the year. They haven't quite found their uh, their flow yet. But they're, with that program and its history and that coach, Bill Self, yeah, they're more than capable of finding it uh, by Thursday, right?
4: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah. John, one other game I, I noticed was f- f- interesting for me was LSU at the three seed in the east is playing Yale University, the 14th seed, and that's of note because the point guard from LSU is none other than New Haven's own Tremont Waters. Wow, that is amazing. Playing, uh, so he the hometown yeah, team, shall we it. say? Right, right. So they he might have even played against some of those uh, uh, players from Yale. He might have competed against them in the summertime or something when he goes home.
1: Oh, highly likely, no doubt about it. That's the way it works. Uh, if not in the, no. if not in AAU, then certainly on the playgrounds of New Haven, right?
4: Yeah, they could. They, they, you know, he might have played against them at some point in time, or you know, I'm sure he's familiar with with them. So that's interesting for him.
1: Yes, yes. Um, you know, a couple other things I found interesting. Number one, we mentioned I mentioned UCF football earlier. Well, it's not just football down there. They're the number nine seed. Uh, University of Central Florida, out of, again, out of the AAC. They're playing VCU, obviously the number eight seed. And then I noticed that Virginia Tech, uh, speaking of schools known for football, uh, they're the number four seed. And what intrigues me about that, AP, is that the Eastern Regional is going to be in Washington, D.C., right up the road. Virginia Tech, actually, their football team actually holds games. From time to time, at like FedEx Field where the Redskins play, and it's like a home game. Yes, so yes, uh, that yeah. could they're, go into they're, play.
4: They're, they'll be, a, yeah, they're a tough. They're a tough out, and uh, that UCF. I know they beat Alabama two years in a row, John, and they have that. Whether he's seven foot six, I forgot his name, the center for UCF. Exactly,
1: seven foot six. That's it, and I forgot his name too. But I know exactly who you mean. He's tough to miss, and he is going to be. Uh, <laughs> even tougher to miss uh, starting this week. And, uh, but yeah, that, that, again, that just uh, uh, Virginia Tech, their coach, the former Marquette coach, of course. Uh, And uh, they, you know, they could be looking at practically a home game if they can win their first two when the Eastern regional ends up down in Washington, D.C. with the winner, you know, with a trip to the final four on the line. So, That could be fun, no doubt about it. Um, Florida State, by the way, I see where they're playing Vermont. uh, Always a good team up this way here in New England. Uh, But Florida State certainly made some noise at the ACC tournament. They're a number four seed. And, again, they're playing number 13 Vermont this week uh, in Hartford. So, actually, Vermont should have – should have –
4: Pretty good crowd there. Oh, good. Easy drive. Oh, oh Come yeah, on down to Oh yeah, yeah. They'll have a big crowd there. They sure will. Huge crowd. Yeah, and yeah, and you know, Leonard Hamilton, he's kind of like I think he's kind of a sentimental favorite. Maybe to get to the final four. You know, Florida State. I don't think they've been back to the to that that position since 1972 with Hugh Durham. Right. I think you're right. Did I re- Did I recall? I mean, they they played UCLA in the championship game. And is that the and
2: one? The yep. I remember the
4: Walton was a sophomore I believe and it's funny because Tommy Curtis the point guard I believe was from Tallahassee for UCLA. Yes, I remember that
1: game actually and I'm just curious is that the game where Bill Walton shot 21 or 22?
4: Oh, that was against Memphis. Memphis, that
1: was Memphis I thought game. so. The, that follow, was the, the following
4: year. Yeah, that was yeah, following year. That was when uh Ernie D. Gregorio and company were beating Memphis quite handily and Marvin Barnes was injured and then Memphis came back to win and then they ended up playing UCLA in the final. Would have been, that would have been a great rematch because UCLA played Providence in Los Angeles during the season. They beat him uh, by a pretty big score, but it would have been fun the second time around. That it, and I think that game was played in St. Louis and yeah, Marvin yes. Barnes was injured. I, I would have loved to have seen that. Oh my gosh, yes. That was a fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah, that's, Yeah, that's uh, one of those games that of all the Providence games I can remember in college basketball, I would love to see that happen.
1: Oh, absolutely! No, that, that Marvin
4: Barnes team
1: was just uh, amazing, and uh, Ernie D, of course. And I'm not sure, if, but the year before, I'm not sure if it was that year too. They had, of course, Chris Ford and Tom Inglesby in the backcourt, and yes. a guy we all remember named Hank Simeon Towski. I'm not sure of yes. Ford. Not sure of Ford and Simeon Talski were on that the team after the Final Four. But anyway, before we close out the segment, AP, one of my favorite lines, I read the Bill Walton book uh, recently, which is great, highly recommended, but he had a, one of the best lines I've ever heard. I'd never heard it before that uh, at the end of the, his career, after that championship game when Walton was 21-22 from the field, that for forevermore after that, John Wooden would always say to him, Walden, I always thought you were a good player until you missed that shot against Memphis." <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, as much as we love John Wooden, a true legend, humor is not the first thing that comes to mind. But I always thought that was just a spectacular line, <laughs> and I can uh, imagine
4: that was, that was the greatest that. line,
1: great line. So. Anyway, AP, we're already uh, over our allotment and into our break time. So uh, on that note, uh, we'll leave them laughing and uh, we'll take our final break and get to a few more items on the other side.
3: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio?
3: today's today's hot topics
2: are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the
3: time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
0: you are listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of all around sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is this week's Valspar Championship at Innisbrook Resort's famed Copperhead Course near Tampa. I will be there covering it. Can't wait. And AP, it's uh, you, like me, always enjoy getting out to cover these tournaments from time to time and uh, should be a good one down there near Tampa.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, golf is a lot of fun. I, I like to take one day and walk 18 holes with a golfer or just you know walk 9 or how many holes and just observe how they've been playing that particular day.
1: Exactly right. Yes, I did that last year at the uh at the Dell Technologies Classic, formerly a Deutsche Bank. I followed Tiger around uh that Friday or Saturday that was and it was just great. It's magical to just follow a particular golfer around all day. And of course, who better than tiger. So yeah, it was just a lot of fun and, uh, enjoyed it immensely. So, uh, yep. Looking forward to doing it again. Uh, tiger will not be at the Valspar, but the likes of Dustin Johnson will be. And, uh, no, a lot of other top, top players, of course. So should be great. And speaking of top players, AP, uh, Can't end the show without talking about the incredible NFL free agency headlined by the trade of Odell Beckham. Uh, Been a while, AP, since there was a trade that resonated like this one. I mean, this was like breaking news, you know, of the highest level in the sports world,
4: to say the least. Yeah, John, I think that there was something that was going to happen with the New York Giants either Peyton Manning was they were going to do something with his contract and or Odell Beckham Jr was going to be traded and they they chose to you know make a deal with their star wide receiver and see if they can move on without him i think he's too much to handle for Eli i guess exactly
1: um you know it's been an uneasy alliance it seems, despite the fact they, uh, you know, did re-sign him to an extension. Um, but, you know, it just seemed like, uh, you know, the the Giants just didn't seem comfortable. You know, AP or Odell, like AB, Antonio Brown, he he can be a handful. Um, to put it mildly, so... It just felt like, you know, the, the, there was just a never never a comfort level. And was, that's a long winded way of saying AP. It didn't come across to me as a total shock. At the moment it co- came across as breaking news, sure, I was surprised. But not, uh, you know, but not absolutely stunned.
4: No, I, I'm not stunned at all because the mayor family, I mean, they had a personality like Lawrence Taylor, but Bill Parcells was a. Uh, a coach that can manage the situation, but I don't think Odell Beckham, they had all these losses. I mean, it wasn't helping him win. So Correct. why would you keep him around? Well, exactly right. AP.
1: And you, you know, the, uh, you know, for me as a Penn state fan and a Saquon Barkley fan, suddenly it just feels like he's out on an Island. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's an aging Eli, obviously, but it just feels like, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley's the only weapon, which, you know, there's something to be said for that. He is going to be the main man now. There there, there can be no doubt. Uh, and he's talented enough to handle it. But, you, you know, in the same light, you just have to wonder what the what the Giants are doing and where they're headed. This was just too huge of news to not cause people to wonder and, in fact, analyze and analyze deeply.
4: Yes, and um, John, when you're looking at this this move, I mean, you watch the New England Patriots, they're winning with a wide receiver who played lacrosse at Penn State. Is that right? Chris Hogan, that's right. So if you can win with a wide receiver that played lacrosse at Penn State and you could spread that money around, I'd, I'd prefer that method than paying somebody uh, such as Odell Beckham, and he's and he's just so gives his, has so many issues that you have to be attending like he's in the grade school or something. It just well, that's to it. To me, it's a high total distraction. I mean, total distraction. I mean, I just it would be uncomfortable if I was on this team. I wouldn't like it.
1: Yeah, high maintenance would be a kind phrase to describe him, right? Yes, absolutely. That would be very kind. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's. Uh, you know, he's a handful. Very talented. He's already yeah. he's done things in his first few years that have, you know, certain statistics that have never been done before, period, in the history of the NFL. So his talent is unmistakable uh, and yeah. not to be questioned. But so everything yeah. else that comes along with it. And I guess I would just simply say, AP, you know, it's 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 not something that flies with the Giants. It's not a fit with the Giants organization is my final take on it.
4: Yes, yes. That's what I say as well. Yeah, the
1: Giants, you know, uh, like the Steelers, (laughs) Uh, two similar franchises to say the least who are actually uh, intertwined to say the least. And and yeah, uh, both have been the subject of drama and the drama creators are now gone from both teams, um, <laughs> so that that's not a coincidence.
4: No, no. If you're not winning, you're not winning championships, and you know why keep them around? Uh, right. And the know, Giants are flat out. The
1: exactly. The Giants are flat out losing, and as to close it out, you know, uh, uh, the Steelers did not win a Super Bowl with either Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown on their team. Neither player has ever won a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, so, th- so that's it. Last year, the Steelers didn't even make the playoffs. So enough said about that. And AP, hard to believe we're, uh, we're at the end of the show. I want to thank you for taking the time to call in from Nashville. Great reporting from the SEC tournament. And much appreciated that you found the time to, to call in, as always. Hey, John, it's
4: been my pleasure. Thank you so much. I
1: really enjoyed it. You're welcome, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time.
0: Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.